I'm Paul Swinkler and welcome to Tech Interviews. This week in another show recorded at NetApp Insight, we take a look at when converging things just isn't enough, when you need to go hyper-converged. We take a look at the market now, what it needs to look like next. Enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to another Tech Interviews podcast. Uh, so one of the technology industry, uh, industry trends at the moment that uh, I'm finding real interesting is the hyper-converged market. Um, you know, a market that's been probably around for two, three, maybe four years, um, but not something that's grabbed my attention too much in the past. Uh, but you see some real shifts in how that market's getting looked at now, and, and particularly some of the software stacks that are starting to sit on top of it and, and start to really define a, um, a, a new way of, of delivering technology into your data center. So, um, so I wanted to explore that a little bit, and uh, I, I'm here at NetApp Insight in Berlin, uh, and got talking to um, uh, my, my guest here today, uh, around some research work he'd been doing into the hyperconverged market and, and how that market is changing and, and perhaps needs to change to continue to be useful. Um, so, uh, so to get started, um, I'd like to introduce my guest. So, uh, so guest, why not introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Troy Mangum. I uh, work as a senior product marketing manager for NetApp HCI. And former, uh, prior to that, I ran a technical marketing uh, engineering team for Flexpod for many years and was at EMC for many years. So I've been in the storage industry a long time. Okay, so um, so before we get started uh, and talking about the research work that you've been doing, um, can you just paint a little bit of a picture to us that when we talk about this idea of hyperconverged or HCI, what what that means? What 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 is roughly HCI? So uh, HCI is really a way to consume an entire infrastructure in a simple way. So think of it as sort of um, the the iPhone for for uh, <laughs> for the data center, where a lot of times people are becoming more IT generalists instead of specialists. And so they're really gravitating towards a really easier consumption model. Uh, don't, I don't want to know about aggregates. I don't want to know about LUNs. I just want to know that it works uh, just like my iPhone app. And, and I use that analogy because I talk to a field and they're like, they just want everything to be as easy as loading an app on their iPhone. And they really are becoming consumers of technologies versus sort of what we traditionally be as specialists, network specialists, storage specialists, compute specialists. And that's really the trend. And so the trend is now moving towards a simplified uh, consumption model. Yeah, and I think that's, um, and I suppose in my introduction, I said that, that was one of the things that at the moment has, has made me step away from HCI as a platform in so much that I think you're absolutely right in a way that you describe what HCI market should look like. But there's still a little bit of me that thinks that right now that market is still very much just squeezing lots of infrastructure into increasingly small packages. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm taking networking, storage, compute, squeezing it into two U in a, in a rack, but I'm not really doing much more than that. And um, so, so the research that you've been doing, though, so, so what, how's that looking at the market at the moment? I mean, am, am I right? Am I wrong about that? Is that kind of how that's been seen? Yeah, so the way that we're kind of been looking at it is there's a first-generation um, wave of HCI and there's a second-generation wave. So the first-generation wave really focused in on that sort of iPhone simplicity. You know, how simple can we make the, the UI experience, the deployment experience? Um, and it, usually it worked when it came to a single application. So a lot of times they made the, the HCI made their foothold in VDI. So VDI is a problem child, and it causes problems in the data center because it's not, of its isn't it the year of VDI now though. Uh, it's, it's that's every year is the VDI. Yeah, every is, yeah. year is the year of VDI. I was I did VDI for many many years, and yes, it's always the year of VDI. Um, now it's the year of a GPU with VDI. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's nice. Uh, yeah. So but. But, and so what they would do is effectively say, look, your virtualization team can run it, you don't have to deal with IT, and you can just run it in, in, in this silo. 
and it really met that need. But when, for them to be able to meet that need and make it very simple, they did something called the Shrare Core architecture, which effectively means one CPU is going to do storage and compute. And these are designs for many of the competitors or many of the, the players in the HCI market that made that first wave. But what's happening now, and this is what's so interesting, is Nutanix just recently did a, an analyst call where they were doing their earnings report, and they didn't even mention the term hyperconverged infrastructure. But they all talked about cloud, and they all talked about the data center. And so what's happening is that whole generation of HCI want to grow up. Right? They want to move into the data center and, quote, take care of the data center. But what's so interesting is they're, they're, they're um, based on our research that we were doing, that the shared core architecture, while it meets the simple single application use case very, very well with the IT generalist, uh, when it starts to, quote, try to grow up into, oh, I'm going to take over your data center, and they start scaling, or they start doing multiple applications, all of a sudden they're like, oh, crap, because they, they, now you've got a lot of contention, a lot of complexity, and their architectures aren't built to scale at that complexity levels, and so you've got, so they either oversell you hardware, so now you're back to 1998 or whatever, where, where everybody's siloing client server, you know, kind of models, but it happens to be, you know, with this local storage and, and they're siloing everything. And that's what we're hearing from a lot of customers. So, and that's sort of the first gen. I mean, yeah. so, so there's a couple of interesting points in there. Well, there's lots of interesting points, but a couple of things that stuck out for me was that the idea was siloing. You know, I think we, we've long since moved beyond that. You know, and it right. probably plays back onto to what I was saying before about, in my head, I've got this view that HCI is just squeezing lots of things into a small right. box. And actually, it, the, the second point there was that, that it's almost, as it starts to grow up into a, a you know a more useful infrastructure play, yeah. it actually loses the whole point of its existence, which is to make your life simple. Exactly. That's the, that's the flip side of the coin. You start off simple, and if you do simple things, uh, the analogy I've used is like a, a blunt hammer. It doesn't even have a thing to remove nails. It's so simple to yeah. use. You know, and it's and that's sort of like their mantra. It's so simple to use. Well, guess what? It only does one thing. Yeah. Right. And so, it, it it achieved that goal. But as it as a lot of those vendors are trying to kind of quote grow up and move, you know take over the data center, if they're are they're hitting architectural problems now. And so you're creating silos. They they'd be glad to oversell you hardware to solve your problems. But again, you're you're creating silos versus the actual software being the intelligent part. And so that's kind of where we've come in to try to play is that we've decoupled the architecture, right? So, and there's debate of, well, are you really HCI or not? And the analysts are, and so a lot of the research I've been doing is with analysts. And, and the analysts are basically looking at um, these two different architectures and they're modeling it against cost models, right? And in those cost models, they're basically saying, you know what, the siloing and these at scale these things start breaking down and start costing you a lot of money. Whereas when you decouple the architecture, the storage and compute, and give you flexibility of how you, you scale those points, sudden all of a sudden the cost model starts to really line up. And so that's one of the things that we're seeing. So, so before, cause I, cause I, I'm interested in digging a little bit into what this architectural model should look like yeah. going forward. Well, maybe just to just step back a little bit, I, I suppose one of the things that's um, always interesting to, to, well, hopefully interesting to the listeners of this show, and that's why they listen, 
is, is to just to look at that and say, well, well, what are the kind of scenarios where I should be considering HCI into into my implementation? You know, at what point should I be saying, well, you know, I just like buying servers and storage and putting them in really big racks. You know, what, yeah. what are the kind of things that I should be looking for? What what are the kind of things I should be looking to achieve with HCI? So if you are if you're in a data center situation where you're finding that your pool of experts is dwindling. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you right now that is one of the biggest drivers for it. Is they need they need to know virtualization or yeah. VMware, and they don't need to know vendor X, vendor Y, vendor Z, and your special implementation, your special GUI, and your special etc. Right. So that's one of the areas. If you're really starting to see that trend, yeah. um, this is this this design point is made for the IT generals or the people that can run virtualization. Uh, so that's one. Uh, another one is, at least with the second generation architectures from, from HCI, and this is evident by kind of us coming into the market, people leaving Nutanix and spinning up new startups to do sort of a different approach to HCI because they saw the limitations of first architecture. So this is already happening. If you are look, uh, desiring to do sort of as a service and looking at true cloud inside of your data center, uh, this, these are kind of the design points that really allow you to do that because your scale points are far higher uh, with HCI uh, than you're going to get. So we kind of touched on this before, didn't we? That um, you know, and regardless of whether the, the, the current the current design implementation of, of HCI actually allows you to achieve this. But yeah. so if I'm looking to simplify my data center, potentially reduce costs. Yes. And it was interesting what you're saying about kind of losing skill sets. I think one of the things that we often see, it's not so much losing skill set, it's not having enough of it. So that resource is much more thinly spread. Yeah, that, maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah, well, but, but I think both, both could be true, certainly. And so I suppose that idea of being able to simplify that deployment so I can, you know, and so, so actually, so so for somebody who maybe who's listening, I would say to this deployment and uh, operations. Yeah, right? well, so well, so that deployment's just like a day in your life, right? It could yeah. be several days in your life, depending on how much you do deployments. But it's really the operations side. You know, how can you turn capex into opex? How can you just make it something as a part of your business? Oh, I just need to add a little bit more performance, add a little bit more storage or, or capacity, and you do that kind of on the fly without it being painful or forklifts or anything like that. And that's really what HCI is kind of designed to. Meet that yeah, so, point. so actually, again, just for maybe people who aren't that familiar with HCI, um, yeah. because you know I've talked about squeezing lots of things in small boxes sure. and that kind of stuff. So I mean, what is a HCI yeah. box? What what does it look like? You know, what what does it include in it, and, and what does it maybe what does it remove from your traditional data center approach? Yeah. So one of the things it includes it includes uh, compute and storage. Traditionally, that's what it, now there's some vendors that will also compute uh, do networking. Uh, we have found that networking is a bit of a religion, and so it's hard to change it. And so we kind of are open in our model because you can bring whatever networking you bring, we just uh, attach everything to the top of rack. It's usually in a very small form factor, a 2U, 1U, um, and, or a 4U, uh, which where usually the building blocks are 2U, 2U and 1U, and then allows you to scale at those increments. And so as far as this, this, your starting points are gonna be in the 4U range, and then within that you have a very dense solution for virtual machines, yeah. so think of, 100 VMs to 500 VMs, kind of starting point, and then from that point you kind of build as you as you need. Yeah, and we saw some nice demos actually here about how, you know, and this, and this is kind of what's starting to grab my attention. I think is that the those deployment models in terms of from getting the thing out of the box to yep. having it sat there with a hypervisor and a kind of a software defined. 45 minutes top. for us. Yeah, uh, you know, 30 to an hour, various various vendors. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And, and it's that's that kind of thing is there, yeah you know like I said it's simplification I've already got a stretch resource make my life easier kind of stuff yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you, took, you touched before on the idea that the current way that HI is being deployed and designed has some limitations yes so, it does and so some of the research you've been looking at has looked at how this might need to change and, and maybe what this future type of infrastructure should look at so if I'm looking at deploying and buying HCI today yeah. what are the kind of things that I should be looking for in a you know I'm going to do air quotes here which is great for radio um, but <laughs> you know the idea that what are the kind of things that I should be looking for in a modern HI infrastructure? Yeah, so what uh, the main thing you're going to be needing to look for is make sure that the architecture isn't stealing resources from you. So there are certain architectures out there that will take anywhere from 20 to 30% of your CPU in memory uh, just to run the architecture. So think of I upgraded my phone and now I've lost 10 gigs of space on my phone. What happened? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's very similar in that uh, when you scale, when you start scaling or when you start, they've got a, we're, we're, we refer to as HCI tax. And it's really a share, anybody that has a shared core architecture is going to have that tax because they're needing to share shift the, the CPU between two different uh, disparate activities, compute activities and, and, and storage activities, whereas we've kind of decoupled it intentionally so that when it scales, you have full full availability of all the resources and it can scale independently. So the other thing you need to look for with the shared core architecture or be concerned about is if you have, um, your application has needs for capacity, every time that you add cores, you potentially are opening yourself up to new software licenses, mm. be it VMware, be it Backup, be it Oracle, be it SQL, uh, that are that are based on you know CPUs, and you may only need capacity, but now you're you're paying a new you know new uh, bill for software licenses. So that's something you need to be on the lookout for. You know how flexible is the HCI architecture for how your application behaves? Is it more compute intensive? Is it more capacity yeah. intensive? How flexible are you? So again. Uh, you know, coming back to sort of a macro view, they went with the simple model. It, it met the simple goal, but with simplicity, they kind of gave away some of its fl flexibility, yeah. and you had tax related to it, and you had some inflexibility that cost real money. And so, sort of next gen is really looking at trying to remove that simplicity, um, not remove the simplicity, provide the flexibility but without losing the simplicity, that's a better way to say it. So the um, so so things to look for then, so it's kind of decoupling that requirement of um, you know, compute and storage having to sit within one yeah. CPU so so that I can scale kind of independently for those yes. things. Um, and also then to remove some of the to, to be aware of the potential of making sure Hidden that cost. yeah yeah which is you know and, and so that, and that kind of commercial stuff is yeah yeah I think it's, it's hugely important and again I think that's one of the things that we've seen with with that kind of HCI model and so uh, I'll do one more oh, please uh, point. Yeah, yeah. so the last point I think is that when you're going to be uh, moving into the data center again everybody is kind of kind of move that direction graduating that direction that is a complex environment. Uh, that have uh, very um, uh, rigid requirements as far as from app various applications, and they could be different requirements. How well does that HCI architecture deal with a multi-application design? Right, really, really have that discussion yeah. about what does this look like at scale? Because the simpler it looks like at scale, that you can get get guaranteed performance, or you can get guaranteed experiences by application without having to overbuy hardware or create silos like 1998. That's what you're going to be looking for. And that's where people are with that kind of went out with that first generation architecture. They're going to struggle. 
one of the things you touched on, I, I, maybe just maybe we'll wrap up on just a couple of things here. So, yeah. so one of the things you touched on was um, kind of in passing was the suggestion that uh, with NetApp's approach to HCI yeah. is that some folk are saying, and, and you're talking to analysts at the moment about how you define this, that, that NetApp's not really HCI. So, so, right. so yeah. why, why is that leveled at NetApp? Because um, the analyst, <laughs> honestly, the analyst, so, so the analyst has defined, right, it is, uh, it is compute and storage in a, in a, in a one-year or two-year form factor, right? And so we have basically come out with a model that says it's compute and storage. We have a two-year rack that can do four storage blades, four compute blades, uh, some mixture of both. And so what's ended up happening is the analysts are backing off their, their, their rigid rules. I mean, basically at the end of the day, that's what, and so when I say air quotes, some people don't consider it's HCI. Really, the, the vendors that are kind of uh, met the analyst definition are basically throwing fuds saying, well, you're not HCI. Yeah. And, but, and then the, but what's happening is as that whole market is maturing and kind of moving into the data center, they're loosening up their definitions. Yeah, and, 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 and that's I, really what's going and on. I, and I think for me with stuff like that as well, that, you know... I, Rigid definitions for things don't make an awful lot of sense. A lot there's cases where absolutely they do, but I yeah. think it, you know if what I'm really looking for is a solution that simplifies the way I deploy architecture and deploy software on top yeah. of it. Uh, and like I said earlier on, I think one of the things that really interests me is the way that likes of VMware and Microsoft are doing in supplying software-defined stacks that I think can really exploit the right. simple nature of the way you deploy the HCI hardware. Right. You know some of the demos that we saw from from you guys while we've been at Insight about that speed of deployment, that really neat, tight integration with, with yeah. Virtual Center, so that really is a as a, a, a technology deployer, a technology manager within within a business, yeah. I just need to know the VMware bit, and actually I'm extracting all of the difficulties that might sit below that, and that, you know, and I, and I think for me, that's what Hyperconverge is about. I, I, so if I'm a betting man, SDN is gonna be showing up in HCI, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not a roadmap comment, it's just more of a, it just makes sense. Yeah, uh, 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 things get more consolidated. Things get driven by more software. It's just a hardware form factor to deliver intelligent software, and I, I don't see why SDN wouldn't be a part of it. So I mean, just to wrap up, and so you, uh, you talked about this research that you're doing, um, and I know it's not available right now. Yes, uh, it's as, not as available we speak yet. In November. Um, so when can we expect to see that? So How might early, we be able to find it? Yeah, so early part of next year, uh, we'll be releasing uh, our report about total cost of ownership uh, between some certain HCI vendors and it will kind of really highlight some of the differences that I've been highlighting today, okay. uh, alluding to. <laughs> and if, uh, if people would like to find out more about, obviously with NetApp, so if people would like to find out more about NetApp HCI, where do they go? And um, and my last point would be, if people want to hunt you down on the social medias, where might they yeah. find you? Yeah, so uh, so you go to netapp.com, and then you just go to Hyperconverge and get product specs and get a great demo on online to see our product. And then if you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Cloud Reveler. Cloud at, Reveler. At Cloud Reveler on Twitter. So that, that leads in nicely to the off-mic conversation that we were having uh, <laughs> that, that is not safe for radio, so we won't be having that. Uh, look, Troy, uh, that's, that's fascinating stuff. Thanks for, thanks for that overview, and uh, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. Next week, we look at big, big, big buckets of data as I'm joined by Justin Parisi as we talk about the concept of flex groups. So to catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher. And if you enjoyed the show, why not leave us a review? So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>